Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cami Black. Um, welcome once again. Welcome everybody in the Central Belt area. You should be inside your homes now. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think well, that's advice, not, not quite yet. We've got to, we've got one last uh, one last hurrah before the pubs close. Uh, so basically, I think the advice is get on it large before the pubs close, right? I think that's 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 always the thing that amuses me about these things. It's like from tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you've got twenty four hours notice to go and enjoy yourselves. Well, it's, in big it's crowds. Fr- Friday at six, so it's just after work on Friday. Sadly, the the the, the pubs will close. So um, I think basically they're just encouraging people to do a Thursday night out and then have a hangover Friday at work. So. <laughs> Everyone's working from home anyway. anyway well, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I know it's it's, uh, it's ideal, really. Turn the turn the camera off on the Zoom call. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I missed that. Sorry. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, everyone who's joined us live tonight. We've got people watching on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Twitch. You can find us on there if you go to the blog scottishrugbyblog.co.uk and you go to the podcast page. That will tell you where you can find us to watch us live. You can also get involved in the comments live. So as we broadcast this, and we'll pop up any uh, questions you've got on the screen and, and do our best to answer them. Um, we've got a fair bit to get through tonight because I always, I always think when we plan these, and we've delayed it by twenty four hours. I'll explain why in a minute. Um, oh, we've only got a bit to talk about, and then all the news happens somehow within a day. So we had, we didn't know that there was going to be additional lockdown measures announced today. We we delayed for twenty four hours for two reasons. One. My child has to self-isolate. Now, how you do that with a three-year-old, I don't know. We're all fine. We can, we're can. we allowed, we're officially, we're all allowed to leave the house. He's not. <laughs> you know? so, so we've got that going on here. Um, and also, we, we were kind of waiting to see when the Scotland squad was going to be announced. We understand, although we, we it's next week, from what we understand. We don't know when. We understand it's next week. So we've, we've decided to do the podcast tonight. Um, if you want to send us a message if you're not listening to this live and you want to get involved we're on twitter at scott rugby blog i'm at cami black we're on facebook scottish rugby podcast we're on instagram scottish rugby podcast i'm mainly on there to stalk rugby players to be honest because that's the only (laughs) way we find out about what they're doing outside of rugby these days um the um you can also email podcast at scottish rugby blog.co.uk and you can subscribe to our patreon you get ad free episodes of the podcast you get bonus podcast episodes we're going to try and commit to putting out at least one bonus podcast episode a month this month you're going to get a few at least two um the um i've got a very quick question about donald i'm going to come to in a minute and um, we're doing this month on the blog we're looking for scotland's hardest player so there is a really good article on um david bedell sivright i think i've got that right on the blog i'm gonna i'm sure i've got his yeah, name wrong close enough um, who it's um, Luke Upton's written a book on uh, the hard rugby hard men, uh, which is well worth the read. That's coming out in a in, in a week. Um, and one of he's featured a, a Scottish player who's also British and Irish Lions, and he's done a wee article on that for us on the blog to launch it. That's who Luke thinks is the hardest Scottish player of all time. We're going to do our own search, and after this, John and I are going to be uh, recording a wee kind of exclusive podcast just to chat about some of the criteria, what who might be in, who might be out early doors. Yeah, a little preamble to, you know, a prologue, if you will, to, 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 wet, to set, this, set the scene. Wet the appetite. So, yes, we'll be looking for your nominations in the in the comments section, and we'll try and put together a list by the end of October. So, past and present players, 
who are the hardest. So for £3 a month, you get the Richie Vernon Thunderdome. That gets you everything uh, through the Patreon ad-free episodes and exclusive content. For £5, you get your name read out on the podcast. We've no, that's it. You get into the Dougie Donnelly Members Lounge. Now, nobody has, has paid us £5 and, uh, since last week. We've had a couple of new subscribers. Hello to them. But they're not getting the name read out because they didn't pay the extra £2. £2, guys. Uh, you could do what one guy did, which was come in at £5 and then immediately drop his subscription to £3 after ah! that. <laughs> Just to get his name read but, out. But, but I don't care because we got his £2. Legend. <laughs> that's bang. Legend. That's, that, that's, spent, that's spent on this lovely new microphone. That's fine. Name and shame. <laughs> um, very quickly from Alan McDonald. Now, this is a, an interesting question. Um, he says, uh, which player will have a check in Wikipedia? <laughs> um, now, we'll, um, th- this is because, of course, we um, edited Nick Haining's Wikipedia last time there was a squad announcement and it made it into the Telegraph. I'm sure journalists <laughs> will, will have an eagle eye on Wikipedia and will, you know, fool me once, you know, shame on, shame on me. No, shame on you. Fool me twice. <laughs> Just shame on me, folks. Shame on me. That's it. So, so now I cannot endorse Wikipedia editing. Um, that's a you know very cruel thing to do hard, to hardworking journalists. That's, um, uh, that's what your lawyer told you to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking to that. Um, the news tonight that we alluded to um, at the start of the podcast um, is the. There was a delay in announced earlier this week in announcing the kind of future of domestic rugby in Scotland. Um, that was due to start on the thirty first of October. They were due to talk about it this week, but that got put back. There has now been an announcement by um, the Scottish government this evening that confused a lot of people. Now that I've, I've double checked it before we've come on, so all contact sport, including training for non professional teams. Uh, is banned in the central belt. That's correct, yeah. Everyone thought it was a whole of Scotland, but it's just the central belt. Yep, yep. Pubs, pubs and bars are also uh, not allowed to serve indoors at all. Yep. Is that right in the central belt? Uh, for the next 16, for 16 days from Friday. 16 days, yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, been a lot of um, clubhouses. 16 days course, is such it? a random number, isn't it? I know. Like, 14's <laughs> fine. 16, 16's weird. It's like, does no. it just take us to, does it just, Cover three weekends. It must do sixteen. Do. It must. Do. That must be what they're thinking. Aye, that, that's exactly what it'll be. Actually, yeah, because that'll take us to the fall on Monday. So that's what it'll be. That'll be just <sighs> trying to get three weekends out of the way. But it's, or, it's or, a shame. It's a shame because clubhouses have had to close, and I think yeah. that that's been a bit of a revenue stream and a bit of a lifeline for some clubs. So it's a shame that they've had to close. Now I don't understand. I mean, I'm assuming even if they stop serving alcohol and food. They'd still, yeah. Alan McDonald says three weekends. He's he's work, he's done the maths. He's a doctor. He's like, yeah, he can do maths. He can work stuff out. Doc, doc, sir, Doctor Alan has figured it out. Has worked that out for us. Um, yeah, I think it includes. Um, well, the cafes on licensed premises which don't have alcohol license will be able to open between six a.m. and six p.m. I assume it's having an alcohol license is going to cause problems. Otherwise, you've got that. It's like that episode of The Simpsons. If you open your clubhouse and pretend to be a cafe, get raided exactly. as a speakeasy. I remember attending, and I'm not going to mention the club for fear of getting them into <laughs> trouble, but I remember attending a club when I was playing for, uh, I believe it was Butte at the time, and they didn't have an alcohol license, but they did have a bar. And it was, uh, you <laughs> you entered a prize draw 
to win. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the cost of the drink to enter the prize draw, and you either won or lost. Uh, but it was play again if you lost till you got a beer <laughs> as the prize. <laughs> What they should have no. done, the way, now the way to do that is the is to say if you win, you get your choice of drink. Yep. If you lose, you have to drink whatever the bar whatever is we pick. desperate to get rid of. <laughs> Diesel double baileys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can have the car. Right? If you win, you get any the choice of the bar. If you lose, you've got to have half a pint of Campari. <laughs> That's been take there for it, 17 years. <laughs> take your pick of the WKD Blues or the Bacardi Breezes. That's your choice if you lose. See, it sounds really weird, but sometimes sometimes you just can't see past a wee Smirnoff Ice if you're, if you're feeling parched and you need a wee sugar boost. Just can't see past a wee Smirnoff Ice. Can you imagine this face, this beautiful, handsome boy drinking some Smirnoff Ice? I see, Smirnoff Ice is fine because if you're out dancing... Oh, yeah, yeah, I, sugar. If you need a sugar, that's fine. Yeah, but casually I, yeah. drinking in a casually drinking in a bar, I'm not having having yeah, yeah having spurn off ice. Let's not get into the story of the hooch. I cannot, I cannot endorse Ron Wilson's suggestion of a pint of tea. No, 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 no. Doctor Sir Alan might have something to say drink, about that. As drink, well. drink sensibly, folks. Um, so the it, the RFU have said have pushed their domestic season all the way back to January. Um. The it sound. I mean, it doesn't sound like there are imminent plans to do something similar in Scotland. Yes, they've stopped things in the central belt. I fully intended to come on tonight and say it sounds like we're going to go the way of the RFU. However, yeah. it, it sounds like they've pushed back the announcement because they knew there was an announcement from the Scottish government coming. Yeah, because they were being yeah. consulted. So let's see where we are. Stay safe, everybody. Keep your distance, watch your face, wash your face, wash your hands. It's what we've been face. saying throughout, isn't it? That it's, you know, we have to, there has to be a degree of pragmatism about this and, and, and realism. And, the, you know, sadly, the, the facts are the numbers are going up. The, you know, the situation is um, getting worse. And, you know, you just need to see the. Uh, See the the programs at the weekend, and you know, let's face it, there's not much socially distancing that can be done in rugby, really, is there? <laughs> no. And you see, I mean, that's that's the other thing. You see, you know, Embro lost Jamie Ritchie. Yep. Yep. England have had to isolate a couple of players that have come into the England camp this week. Sale Sharks. I've um, lost like I've lost the entire squad. Players. Who did not go out and drinking to celebrate their Premiership Cup win and were not seen in Manchester University campus, according to Sales Own Press Release. Now, that's a weird thing to say in a press release, isn't it? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a very specific thing to say. We were not, fair enough, you know, we, we did not go out and celebrate in bars around Manchester. That's fine, but to say, especially not around the university campus, yeah, seems weirdly specific. That. That very specific bar that absolutely we did not attend. Absolutely not. No, no. Look at the look the other way. Yeah, fullbacks and wings. Fullbacks, fullbacks and wings can isolate fairly easily. I think I've never. I think every fullbacks and wings have been isolating since the year dot in rugby. That's, uh, the social distancing was made for fullbacks and wings. That's it. Just you need to work. Everyone needs to work on the step when they're going to the last. <laughs> 
you should see it. Every every you know every negative, you should always see the the, the opportunity. That's and this is it. the opportunity. This is an opportunity to teach our young youngsters bring back stepping. That's it. Yeah, no more no more uh, Simone step. It's you've got to you've got to actually get a proper step on you know bounce two meters away. <laughs> so um, step, it? Oh, two meters gone. Not gonna happen. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is going to rumble on. But I think we'll probably end up talking about this during the um, yeah. during the autumn series of tests. I, I don't doubt that we'll lose players to you know to have an isolate because they've been in contact with some, a member of the family who's you know been in contact with someone. So it's right that yep. they take. It's right. Everyone's taking the proper precautions, but you know, realistically, we're probably going to end up with, with Daryl Marfo in the front row by, by the <laughs> by the last game. Mar- Marfo and Duncan Weir uh, in this yeah. make the squad again. Hey, let's not let's not rule it out. <laughs> no, um, no. Um, that was so. That was that's the domestic season has been delayed. That's that. Um, <laughs> the pro question mark, as we're calling it, because we don't know yep. how, how many teams are going to end. I think, that, I think that's valid. Yeah, so we two games at the weekend, neither particularly um, great by any stretch. We'll, we'll start with Glasgow. I mean, it's not there's match reports on the blog if you want to go and read them. Yep. If you want to know what happened. Um, it's not. It's the first game of the season. I think Glasgow probably out of the two teams, Glasgow come out of this slightly better because they were away from home. Yeah, it's never easy to go to Connacht. The wind didn't seem an issue, so maybe the COVID was hanging around a bit. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, couldn't maybe be blown it was. Away. It couldn't be blown away. Yeah, I think that's possibly the issue we faced. We were a bit, a bit taken aback by that. Planned uh, yeah. for wind. You planned for wind, and then we said, "Yeah, yeah." Well, it would explain a lot actually, because so Adam Hastings had one of those, one of those Adam Hastings days. I don't know. I think we need to come up with a nickname for that type of day because he does he does these days where he just forgets that there's other players in the team. And he takes the ball and he, he he looks and it's like he looks and goes, ah, Stafford McDowell, ah, it's Nick Gregg, mm, nah, nah, not today, boys. And he goes himself. And then he inevitably gets tackled and then ends up at the bottom of a ruck. And then we try and pass the ball to forward and drop it. It's it, it's a strange tactic. And he, he, he does this occasionally, but he, does, he just does it all game and until somebody finally tells him, look, Adam, just kick the ball, please. Uh, not that he could manage that terribly well either. Did you see the, the miss in front of the posts? Yep. Uh, poor Mossy uh, simply said, wow, he's missed that. Um, and it was like, a, it was like disappointed father. <laughs> That's literally the worst thing Chris Parson has ever said in his life. <laughs> Just completely and utterly eviscerated him with yeah. with with a three letter word. Wow, um, yeah, it was it was it was frustrating as well because I'd spent a lot of time talking down Bundyaki and saying how rubbish he was, and he had one of those games where he seemed to just get on the end of a couple of things. He didn't he didn't cause Glasgow any great problems other than scoring two tries, but that makes him a hero. <laughs> so you know, yeah. Adam Wastings. Waste, oh, the Wastings. Yeah, he's having a Wastings. He's having a like Wastings. It. We'll go with that. I like that. it. I, I, yeah, I'm I good. think that could fit. 
that might sound cruel. We're going to come up, we're going to talk about that in Hands in the Rock. Someone's given us Hands in the Rock about player criticism. We're going to touch on that later in Hands in the Rock so we can discuss not, discuss the, uh, the rights and wrongs of Adam Wastings later on. It's not criticism. It's an, it's an understanding that perhaps he's not playing to the game plan that... Um, I can't understand the game plan, so therefore I feel the right to challenge it. I'm trying to understand what he's doing. Can you understand the game plan, John? Can you see a Danny Wilson thing? Because you've had three. There's three games now, and I know that you know yeah. the, the. We call the 1872s dead rubbers. Well, you do. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> the second one was fine. Second Aye. one was a, a. Second one was a proper hit out. Yeah. So I mean, can you see a difference yet? Three games in. Um, honestly, yes, yes, and no. I can't see anything that resembles what I would say is a specific game plan from Danny Wilson. But I don't see any of the Rennie madness either. It, it's almost like we are a normal team. We just kind of looked like. See, if you were to play, like, if you were to describe a default rugby team and just go do some default rugby stuff. Well, that's kind of what we looked like. Um, and maybe that's what Danny Wilson's going to do. Does it necessarily fit with what we want from Glasgow, what we want from Scottish rugby? Probably not. Will it win us more games? <sighs> Probably not. But it seems to be the direction of travel is that we were, we're kind of trying to be more pragmatic across the board in Scottish rugby. Um, certainly sparked by the the Townsend when you know the Tuesday clock was was ticking uh, ever closer, and we've went away from the fastest trademark, the fastest brand of rugby, and the whole introverse. I suppose you know we were we did our Tuesday clock thing at the start of the Six Nations, and there was yeah. a pragmatism to Scotland's play, but that did that did play out in yeah. the end, and you could see. It's starting to work and things starting to click. So I guess that's the if if he's if Danny Wilson's coming in and doing something with Glasgow, and I was kind of like taking strip you strip everything away and and not start again, but you start on the fundamentals. You can't you can't just do the fundamentals long term, but as a short term, like let's yeah. start here, yeah, and and work our way through to a point where we and build on that, which. I don't think we we could we we necessarily understood that's what Gregor Townsend was doing yes. at the start of the Six Nations, but by the end of it, I think he communicated that a lot better. That that's what they were trying to do. That certainly started to come through in some of the press conferences that there was a plan. And yeah. so, looking back on, with the benefit of the hindsight, some of those games you look back and think, actually, no, then you know there were narrow margins. That you know we we were in that game in Ireland. Yeah. We were in the England the Calcutta Cup. They felt sore at the time, but and even the Italy game is. You know, as bad as it was, it was a very so, workmanlike performance, and yeah, they came yeah. over with a win. And that, and that's the thing. You, yeah, you, you hear this a lot in football when they talk about, you know, Scottish football in particular. When a, a, the inevitable, a manager comes in, and it's we're going to get back to doing the basics. We're going to get back back to doing um, the basics well. Do smart things well. Make the right decisions. And you don't often see that. It's it's interesting you, you touch on Gregor Townsend maybe doing that kind of mid-tenure. And you could probably mm. almost argue that the Rugby World Cup was almost the end of the era of the, the, the stupidity of fastest brand of rugby in the world. And 
we're moving moving into that more pragma, pragmatic uh, approach, he's maybe kind of almost it's almost like he's a new coach in some ways, but he's not. He's still the same old Townsend. So um, I would expect there's going to be some level of madness comes in at some point. Um, it might come in the shape of a five foot ten boy from Bridge of Bridge of Allen. Uh, but who who knows? Who knows? Um, so yeah, it's. It's strange, but I think we'll see how Wilson progresses. I think there's there's definitely an emphasis on um, the forward play. The the set piece looked quite strong. Um, Fraser Brown was throwing very well, despite the fact he's like two minutes in, seemed to injure his elbow. Um, his darts were were pretty pretty spot on, um, which the same can't be said across the road, sadly, which is well, a concern. Yeah, let's talk about across the road then. In yep. Murrayfield, um, oh, yep. Embra lost to Ospreys, and they now I'm, you know, let's you know, Ospreys are a bit of a sleeping giant in Welsh rugby. The Ospreys have had their issues over the yes. past couple of years, but Ospreys have some very you know they've got Justin Tipperick, they've got Alan Wynne Jones, you know they they've got very good players. I think they just suffered with the coaches that they've had. Yep. Um, you know, the fact that we've now got one as our forwards coach is <laughs> no, no, you know, one of their former ones is good because yeah, that was the last time the Ospreys were any good. Um, <laughs> so there is that, and there is an element, you know, the, the Ospreys I think probably are due a bit of a bounce back, yeah, longer term, and, and there's an element of that. But the thing Richard Cockrell has come out and said is there's a lack of natural leaders in Scottish rugby, which. We've talked about before on the podcast and on the blog, and there's you no know, article on the blog recently about that. Um, but Richard Cockrell's been in charge for three seasons now. So if he's not picking natural leaders in his team at this point, that's on him. Yep. I think partly. And he did say, you read the content, there's a, there's a really good kind of um, bit on this on the offside line where they've they've quoted what Richard Cockrell said and he said it's not meant to be a, anything he hasn't said to his players already they know this is how he feels and I and I, I don't necessarily think that he doesn't accept that it's a criticism of him either but it surprises me that it's you know that that, that should still be an issue as much as it's given you got Grant Grillchrist was playing Stuart McInally was playing both former Scotland captains so if they if they aren't natural born leaders, then he needs to do something about that. And what he needs to do is he's going to have to promote one of the youngsters who are. He's going to have to make Jamie yep. Ritchie a captain. He's going to have to make the well, way made Magnus Bradbury a captain, and then Magnus Bradbury fell over and <laughs> bashed his head open because he got drunk. <laughs> yes, that's that's natural leadership in uh, in action. I think <laughs> it is. About, it is. To be fair, it is on a rugby night out. Exactly. Yes. Yes. He's he's a leader of men when he, when he does <laughs> such a, such actions on a rugby night out. Uh, yes. You know it is. It's a it's a really strange one. It's a strange thing for Cockrell to come out and say. Um, and again, you've you've got to wonder about. You know, he's saying it's not something. It, it, it's nothing I've not said to my players. You must be quite concerned if you're in the Edinburgh dressing room and that's the message you're getting. Like none of yous. Are and I'm sure there's other words in there, but none of you are natural leaders. It's it's a bit strange, and as you say, it's a three seasons to address that. And yeah, right, you can say maybe 
first season, okay, you come in, you've got to get the lay of the land, you've got to understand who's there, uh, you've got to clear out a lot of the a lot of the dead the guy, was it the dead with the guys that are driving from one side of Murrayfield to I, the other to go to the training pitches. Yeah, you've got you've got to you've got to ban the the driving from the training pitches. That's 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 where your first season fine. By season two, uh, you're now into you should be looking at leadership succession plans. You should be looking at who's going to be your leaders, who's going to be who's going to be your captain for the next five seasons, who's going to be your your stand up go to guys in these pressure situations that you hopefully will find yourself in. And then in season three, he's found himself, or you know, the end of season two, in season three, he's found himself losing playoffs, losing knockout matches from winnable positions. Mm-hmm. And that is on him. It has to be on him. Yeah, the players yeah. have let him down, but if if there's no leaders out there, that is on him. Yeah, I mean, you look at that team that played at the weekend, you got Hoyland, oh, all right, he's, he's in from the sevens as a bit of a stopgap yeah. kind of fullback cover. Uh, Darcy, you know, Darcy Graham, uh, Bennett, Christine, Jamie Farndale, Van der Vault, Charlie Shield, Pierre Schumann, Mac- Stuart McAnally, Simon Bergen, world's fit prop, of course, Ben Tillis, Grant Gilchrist, Magnus Bradbury, uh, Luke Crosby, and Nick Hainan. Now, I, I, I kind of take his point. I mean, amongst the, the, those names, I mean, Gilchrist and McAnally, They've been captains before. They've been found yep. wanting, and they would they would admit that themselves yep. before we start getting any angry letters. Um, <laughs> so there aren't any. There isn't anybody within there, and I think that the problem he has is he's he, he's trying to pick his best team. Yep. And I think at some point you, you have to your best team isn't pick necessarily always made out of your best players. If if you need a leader in there and they aren't your the best in that position, then you need to weigh up what what they add in leadership yeah. to what you lose by not playing the guy that's better than him. Yeah, there's also an element of what is he what is he actually talking about in terms of leadership? Because obviously, you know, we 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 both work work in different areas. There, leadership comes in many different shapes and sizes. Mm. And you you've got the you've and we've both been in dressing rooms where you've seen captains doing the you know punching holes in the walls and captains sitting you know sitting with a clipboard analyzing things and then saying nothing during the game but leading by example and there there's there's different types of leadership and if he's wanting a bodden snotters you know a bodden snotters player to go and grab people by the throat and shout at referees then you would imagine that's what he's looking for based on the type of culture he created at, Le- at Leicester. But um, he's got those players. They're, they're, they exist. You know, you've got your Jamie Ritchie's. I would say Crosby's one of those players. You could, mm-hmm. you know, set him loose on anyone and he'd be quite scared, really. If he's not getting that from them, then, you know, you need to be looking elsewhere. I mean, he seems to be talking about it's players that make the right decisions at the right time and players that can gather the troops around at the Back of the you know at the posts when you're down when you're yeah. scored down and say right let's just stick up the jumper for a bit let's just cool heads let's just listen to what the referee's telling us for a little bit and not be daft let's yeah you know just this it's is really, like, get, get back control go yeah, through the it's phases concerning though if, if you're if, if that's what he's looking for he's he's put out almost an international front front eight 
Yeah. That's what you're looking at them for. You know, you guys have played international rugby. You've played at the highest level. How are you not able to just say, right, boys, calm it down. Let's just take a minute. Let's get back in this game. It is startling if that's the case. And, you know, it's, yeah. I think probably, really, the solution for for Edinburgh has got to be that he brings somebody in, an experienced player. And Glasgow, I mean, Glasgow have had some success with this in the past. Yeah. I think you know whether you bring in an experienced, a very experienced player who's been through, who's been successful in their career, you probably get them cheap. Someone in the thirties who will come in, yep. and do that job, even if they're not captain, whether they're co-captain or the. I mean, Callum Gibbons is a good example. I think of someone yeah. that, that did that very successfully at Glasgow. Very successful guy in New Zealand came in and did filled that role. Yep, same culture. Yep, set the culture, brought in, you know, had found himself in positions where where they needed to make games and had that experience. And I think if he, if it's not coming from within Scotland, he needs now to look outside of Scotland and bring somebody in yep. who can mentor the younger players. I think the time's come yep. for, you know, the t- Grant Gilchrist and Stuart McAnally's time has come and gone to be captain of Edinburgh in Scotland. Yes. You, you needs to be looking at the Crosbys and the Bradburys to yeah. to become captain now, or Jamie Ritchie, Wait, or Jamie Ritchie. Say, I think the problem, the only issue I would say with Jamie Ritchie compared to, I mean, and this isn't any slight on Magnus Bradbury because he's there or thereabouts for the Scotland squad, is that you you lose. I can see with Edinburgh and Glasgow there is merit in choosing uh, having co captains. So you yeah, could yeah. have Jamie Ritchie as a captain, but Jamie Ritchie's going to play what six games a season for Edinburgh. Yeah. Yeah, given that's given Scotland enough. commitments, where so you need someone, and I think that's what he did with Fraser McKenzie for a while. But I don't think you know Fraser McKenzie was was of that caliber that he's looking oh. for. But you know, you need someone like your Cullies who are there every week, playing and you know, yeah, leading. It is, it is the benefit of having that non-Scots qualified captain. Absolutely. And it was a very, very shrewd move. You know, I've criticised Dave Rennie a couple of times over the last wee while, but it was a really shrewd move getting, you know, I think he knew what he was getting when when uh, Cully came over. But most of us didn't, you know, we knew we were getting a, a decent uh, New Zealander. We, we tend to get bad New Zealanders. Oh, well, right, here we go. Um, but we hadn't really known just the level of leadership that he would bring and having him alongside a Ryan Wilson to kind of calm, calm Batman's craziness uh, was was really useful. And I think it has benefited even even Ryan Wilson's captain style. I was listening to the the, the Glasgow uh, podcast recently and they were ta- Ryan Wilson was talking quite eloquently about, you know, the role of captain and what it means to captain Glasgow and the sort of responsibilities that come with it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, though. It's a really tough one because, again, you're not going to be able to go out and get in this climate, you know, get the, the SRU or having to try and avoid making redundancies. You're not going to be able to get necessarily the funds to go and cherry pick a, a, a natural a leader from... no. Somewhere. No, and you're not necessarily going to have the funds to go and get a leadership consultant to come in either. But no, well, know, we would do it for free. We would do. I mean, John, that's what we run. We yeah, run a, a Zoom on Zoom. That's it. Yeah, yep. 
I've okay. I've got some I've got some stuff from I'm I'm actually doing a leadership course at work, so I've actually got some stuff I could use. So uh, yeah, I've got I've got loads of stuff. I've done I've delivered training on stuff, so we'll you know me and John together we'll do that. So just go. you know you you've got our address, guys. Send it to, <laughs> send it to us. <laughs> yes, you Richard, do. <laughs> you send it to us, and we'll you know we'll 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 sort you out with some. We'll, uh, some we'll tell you that as always. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. In terms of the Scotland squad, then I don't think anyone's put them their hands up necessarily this this week for inclusion. And I think probably, if anything, it, the case for Finn Russell coming back in is a little bit stronger. <laughs> yes. After Adam Hastings and Jakob van der Waals showing, it's not like either of them kind of have stuck their no. hand up to say you can leave him in Paris for another couple of weeks. You know. Yeah. No. I think. Uh, I think if. Townsend has watched back the coverage. He'll be, I think he possibly was doing a Zoom call with Finn as he was watching back the coverage, going, So, buddy, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Four pints, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Have five. Um, <laughs> I'll have them, I'll have we'll, we'll leave the mini bar open. Yes, yeah. Uh, you can put it on my tab. <laughs> um, allegedly. Um, yeah, so no, it's I think I think in terms of players putting their hands up, it was really difficult. The, the conditions in the Edinburgh game were really poor, but there was so little rugby played that yeah. it was it was really difficult to see anyone. Darcy Graham looked sharp as attack though. Again, he was the only real bright spot for Edinburgh, I thought. Um over at Glasgow, Hugh Jones went Again, good at fullback. Again, got a try this time. Looked, cut some really nice lens. Good kicking game. Uh, caught out of position now and then, but apparently we know that's not a, a big issue for Scottish fullbacks. So we, you know, we just. <laughs> um, so no, I think I think he done he done really well. Um, other than that, yeah, fairly fairly um, quiet on the old selection front. I think the. The cries for getting maybe a Mark Bennett back into the the Scotland fold will have quietened down a wee bit. He was he was particularly poor, I thought, in the Edinburgh match. A um, couple of couple of um, really poor sort of cover uh, situations where he's he's let his man go, um, which again, you know, if you're doing that at club level, that's criminal. Do it at international level, you'll 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 get hate mail. So no, it's. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, it, I don't think we're. I'm not expect. I don't think we're expecting any surprises next week. No, we say squad. that every time, though. <laughs> I know, and then someone comes up. So, I, I mean, uh, the 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 three South African qualified players, and yeah. you know, Pierre Schumann's not there yet, despite what I think you said on radio in Glasgow last week, John. Ah, uh, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was meaning. Got... I was meaning Ollie Kebble was. Ollie Kebble was so oh, oh, you're going to get Ollie Kebble, um, Ollie Kebble, Jakob van der Voort and Duhan van der Merwe. They're going to be in there and you're going to get the normal. There is going to be an element of who dat from people who just follow um, Scottish rugby at national time. And that's not a, you know, I'm not meaning anything by that because that's apps we've established before. It is fine if all you do is watch Scottish rugby when the internationals are on. I haven't got an issue with that because... Plenty of people follow Scottish rugby elsewhere. You don't have to just follow the pro teams, but there is always an element of, oh, who's he? Yes. I don't know him, and that's fine. But that's probably going that that I think those would be the three main candidates for that this time round. Yeah. Can't think that you might get Callum Hunt Hill. You might get somebody from 
England, an, an English-based Scottish player yeah. um, called somebody, up. Somebody, but... somebody with a, a granny somewhere or a or a mummy or a daddy from north of the north of the, the border, but that we've not heard of or seen much. Glasgow of. have signed a, a South African school schoolboy. We have, Jordan, yes. Jordan Venter's best mate. Jordan Venter's best mate, yes. Uh, and, De, De, De Bruyne. And, and according to his mum, he's got a Scottish granddad. Ooh. His mum must have been name searching on Twitter, like all good mums do, to like the Legends. tweets. And you know, take, you know, take it up with the haters as well. Uh, but she replied <laughs> to someone. Someone said, "I wonder if the is Scottish qualified." And she said, "She, I think she's English, and her dad was um, a very proud Scot, so he's going to be joining the academy apparently." Yes, yes, he is the he is the the long rumored to be announced uh, that was. We had, um, I think there's 14 places in each academy that were aligned to Glasgow and Edinburgh, and Glasgow had a, a TBA for 14, and we were wondering if that was uh, the name of our new Fijian winger. But uh, it turns out, no, it was actually just to be confirmed or to be announced. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, good, good. He looks, uh, looks, a, looks a decent prospect. I'm watching the highlights. He looks very, a very huge ones style about him yeah. actually I thought um, I thought kind of initially I thought initially his running style was very Sean Maitland and the way he was kind of ghosting didn't look like he was travelling very fast but was seemed to be going faster than everyone else which you can do it's <laughs> which is level. always good yeah um, um, but then yeah very huge ones yeah and there's a I think um, he's been kind of mentioned in dispatches from a couple of South African kind of blogs about as one to watch for the future so that's it's all all very encouraging. Um, the I don't think there's anything more to do on the squad squad announcement. We'll, nope. we'll pick that up next week when it happens. Um, one thing that was of interest. Now this doesn't necessarily concern Scottish rugby as such, but um, the Premier Fifteens, which is the women's um, top level in England, which there yep. is, there are rumours that, that there might be Scottish and Welsh teams joining that in the not too distant future. There's been some amendments to their rules, and it's quite it's quite interesting what they're proposing. Um, they are going to be give more free kicks from from knock ons, so they're going to try and take down the number of scrums per game. Yep. Um, the um, so more advantages played for knock ons, free kicks rather than scrums for forward passes. Players prevented from joining malls if they were not in the original line out, and ah. most controversially, matches reduced to 35 minutes a half. Now, what's interesting to me is there is something in some of those rules yes. Yes. that short or long term could could work. I mean, you know, free kick for a forward pass, I don't, yep. I don't have an issue with that. Nope. I'd, 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 yeah, if we're looking for a way to get the game moving, get the game restarted, that you know, just that, it that doesn't idea give you it. It doesn't get. It gives you the option of either a tap or a kick to touch, but you yeah. don't get you don't get regain possession from the kick to touch. Yeah. I'd have no issue with that. Um, the other one was I quite like the idea was that players prevented from joining malls if they were not part of the original lineup. I think that I think that's really good. I, I like that. that. Sounds, sounds really good. Um, yeah, and it could you could find yourself it could open up some really interesting possibilities around you know 
putting eight, ten, thirteen men and women in the in the mall, or you know, the light lineup could end up like a train, or yeah, it's, it, Wales, oh, Wales, mean, Wales yeah, Australia, Wales, where Wales yeah. put fifteen men in the lineup and, and failed to score player. from the mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gatland, Wales. Gatland's Wales. You'd done it with Ireland as well when he was there. Um, yeah, and he failed that time as well. <laughs> <laughs> so that was interesting. One to watch there, whether or not those become. I mean, they're, they're partly there, I think, for for COVID related reasons. Yeah, but so, so whether or not longer term they become a thing. Um, we haven't got any Wes Doogie Donnellys this week, sadly. Nobody, but everyone's on lockdown, and yeah, no one's. Don't, that, I don't think we will be getting any either. Yeah, Doogie's Doogie's away. In, he's away in hiding. Um, locked locked down in his wine cellar. I just love it, loving lockdown. <laughs> So uh with 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 that we are gonna move on and we're gonna do this. Yes, it is. Uh, hands in the ruck. This is our any other business section of the podcast. We're, we're, we're caught, we've caught to hands in the ruck in forty-five minutes, John. This is like record-breaking for us. There I is there, there's been a serious lack of cow chat. Uh, there's been no crisps <laughs> mentioned, no chocolate. I, nobody's I mentioned should. the unicorn behind your head. No, now this is I, nobody has mentioned <laughs> the unicorn behind my head. There is a there's a floating unicorn behind my head. It's my co-host for this week. Um, <laughs> it's been my daughter's birthday, so we've got we've got balloons in the in, in the place where our podcast. See, in, so in the opening credits, it's you could only see the the, the hair of the unicorn, <laughs> um, and it sort of looked a bit like the demigorgon out of Stranger Things. Behind you, I was a bit <laughs> confused. <laughs> yes. Um, so so Finn Finn the co-host. Finn the, co- Finn, Finn the glorious unicorn co-host. I've got to figure out which way to go there. There he is. Go that way, yeah, there we go. Yeah, all, yeah. All, his, all his glory. And we've had a couple of uh, hands in the ruck uh, this week. So uh, the one we had, it was on the DMs. So I'm not, I, I don't know, we didn't really got the message and we didn't really check whether or not they wanted us to read the name out. So um, I'm not going to check who it was, the name, but um, somebody approached us to say that they'd been um, banned, I think, from a, from a Facebook group um, because they had been critical of a player. Now, the person who contacted us said that that that, ru- that is a particular rule of that particular forum. Yes. There are reasons for it because there are family members of the players in there yep. and some players themselves. And the purpose of the forum, I think, is more of a social, let's all get together and have a wee chat about what's going on with that particular club. Yes, that's right. That's fine. I think that's I mean and, and the person who commented on, you know, who who contacted us kind of accepted as much and said that's fine. They they got that. But the they put the question to us is, you know, where where do you draw the line with criticism of players and coaches, I suppose. I mean, we did the Tuesday clock, didn't we? Which is <laughs> Yeah, yeah let, let, let's see how this pans out and see how well that's aged, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's I think it's difficult. I mean, we, I think that the, the the cardinal rule is you never at, never tag a player yes. in your criticism, um, because that's you know, that that's like going up to somebody in a pub and screaming abuse in their face. I yeah, think that's, yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah, that's not done. You know, you you say anybody that's going to do that's a sociopath. <laughs> um, however, I think. You, I think after, beyond that, to me, 
it's anything's fair game because you got to me the rule is would you say it in a stadium would you say it in a clubhouse yes and if you would if you'd say it in a clubhouse or you'd say it in a stadium or you'd scream it at them on the pitch it's fine now unfortunately some players I think Stuart Hogg's admitted to this will will we'll name search and yeah 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 I understand that. I understand that they will do that I, just because it gets after again they want to see how they've you know how they've done, um, and I can understand it would be upsetting seeing criticism and people slagging you off. But yeah. it's it's no different, I don't think, to what you would hear shouted at you from the site from from the from pitch side. Oh, then no, I don't want to say it's a, it's an acceptable part of the game. It's always been part and parcel of the game. We just have social media now. Yeah, it's kind of a, an extension of it, isn't it? I think I think if we're going to look for kind of you know, where do you draw the line? Where are the rules? Um, I think you have to keep it. So I'm, I, I, you know, I regularly criticise players on here. I regularly criticise players on social media. But it's back to that thing we talked about. In you're criticising their performance. I'm not. I'm not saying like so. Adam Hastings for me. Now, I'm not a rugby coach. I'm not a professional rugby anything. I'm, I, I come on here and talk nonsense about rugby occasionally. But for me, as a fan, he had a bad game. And, you know, I think it's fair that I can say I think he had a bad game. I'm not saying he's a horrible person. I'm not saying his teeth are bad or anything, because they're not. They're magnificent. But... <laughs> You know, the fact is, you had a crap game, and and I'm allowed to say that, and yeah. he might disagree. But the facts are that you know fine well he won't disagree because he'll be he doesn't need someone like me saying you've had a rubbish game because he's got professional coaches telling him Adam you could have done better, and he'll know himself. He'll be his own biggest critic. So, you know, I, I appreciate the point around family and family it can be quite hard for family to see their 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 loved ones getting uh criticized by anonymous people on the internet that's difficult but that is part and parcel of being famous sadly in mm. this culture we live in and these guys are famous in that they have a privileged position as role models as representatives of our country and uh, of our clubs of our regions and you know, it, it comes with the it comes with the territory, and yeah, I, it, I mean, I don't, part... I don't, I don't, I don't like it, but it does. No, I think as long as it's not, like you said, as long as it's not racist abuse or yeah. I don't know, but even then, I think you know, not not even then. I mean, you know, other kinds of abuse. I think it, you would get it screamed at you in a stadium. Yes, do you know? And, and I think that's it's unfortunate we have. It's not unfortunate. Social media is. You know, has good sides to social media as well, but yeah. that's all it's done is it's taken that stuff from the stadium and put it online, yeah. and there's not really any difference to someone in capital letters shouting, you know, Adam Hastings was gash. Yeah, as long I, as he doesn't direct, as long as he doesn't kind of tag him into that so that yeah, it goes directly and that he's mentioned, then that's, yeah, 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 that's yeah. fine. I think the the we I think from from our point of view, we always try to be constructive yep. in our criticism of players but also do you know we try to be entertained as well and sometimes that will involve us you know having callbacks and repeated criticisms for laughs and yeah. for a, you know for a wee bit of a giggle and 
or maybe that might come across as cruel sometimes. It's not the intention to kind of single players out. I mean, you know, we've we've had our I think we've had our kind of running jokes about Ryan Wilson and stuff like that over the years. But Ross Ward got a, got a bit of running jokes from me. Uh, had to I know. An apology. <laughs> <laughs> but there's that, you know, there is all that, you know, we, we try and be fair, but also we, you know, we try and be funny with it as well. So sometimes it, it might feel like it oversteps the mark, but it, you know, I think we, my, my starting point is I can play rugby to standard that they can play rugby. It, but yeah. that doesn't mean that I, you know, we can't have a laugh at their expense and be a wee bit critical as well because we're we're fans and that's what what fans yeah. do at the end of the day. And to be honest, see if they wanted to mention us on their podcast and have a laugh at us and say those two jokers, the guy with the unicorn behind him and the baldy guy with the, the mad guitars, that's fine as well. It's all a well, laugh. Do you know what? That let's come out in my hands in the right now, John. No, you mentioned it mentioned uh, us on their podcast. It was World Podcast Day last week. It was, week, yes, it was, yes, yes. Um, I wonder if, where this if, is going, Cam. If we'd had any <laughs> sense, um, we would have broadcast on World Podcast Day. This shows yes! how ba- poorly planned we are. Shows um, a lot about us. It does. <laughs> we just don't know. <laughs> Who knew there was a World Podcast Day? I know, right? I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, Scottish Rugby put out a wee tweet about uh, a wee article, in fact, about World Podcast Day find, and it was you know entitled you know if you've not got in a podcast now is the time to get into podcasts. So of course, understandably, top of the list Scottish Rugby official podcast, um, which has to be called the Scottish Rugby official podcast because we are the Scottish Rugby podcast, of course. Um, the Edinburgh podcast behind the ca- behind the castle or inside the castle. Outside under, the castle, on, on top of the, the castle, castle. Um, through the castle, past the tree on the right towards the castle, and you'll find ah, it there. Yeah, the end doing my Burger King next to the castle. Uh, we've got the Warriors podcast, which, Warriors uh, Weekly, Warriors Weekly, of course. Um, and then there was Under the Sticks, which yeah. I understand is associated with the Pro 14, but isn't the official Pro 14 podcast. Yes. So uh, that's the Pro 14 have set it up, but it is not the official Pro 14 podcast. And then there was the Guinness Six Nations Fantasy League podcast, which hasn't had an episode out since January. And yet there are two, and I'll point this up. There's a, a podcast chat charts are meaningless in essence. They don't really tell you an awful lot. Mostly they're kind of like done by algorithms. It does not done an actual yeah. numbers of downloads. But um, there, there is ways of kind of finding out where you are on these things. And in the rugby charts, we don't do too badly, John. We're top top 10 all time. Yes. In the rugby charts, <laughs> along with uh, the Thistle lads as well. They're, you know, they're a couple ahead of us because they've been going for, I think they've been going, they went for, they've gone about six months longer than us. Yeah. And in between us is the official one. Now, you know, we're not, we know our place. <laughs> you know, we're not. You know, but at the same time, we we birthed pinball. We did. We gave the world Zan bags, did we not? We did. We edited. We finsanity. We finiscent. We edited Nick Haining's Wikipedia entry. You know, all these things we have gifted to the world of Scottish rugby. And yet, do we get mentioned on World Podcast Day for people wanting to get in a podcast? No. No. We even mentioned Ovaltine and cows. And we did. 
And point of order, uh, cows do drink their own milk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they can drink t- Ovaltine as well, I think I read this week. I was uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I, was, I was discussing it with a couple of people this week, and I believe that Ovaltine would be uh, a, an interesting choice for a cow. Ovaltine, that's the other thing we found out. Ovaltine aids lactation. So, in fact, it would be a very good thing to give to a cow. Yes, yes, yes. So, farmers everywhere, if there's any farmers watching, feel free. You can have that one for free. Just, you can, yeah. Yeah. You, If you want to tag me, if you want to be like, look, here is my cow drinking Ovaltine, I, I would accept that. I'm down with that. <laughs> um, the other uh, hands in there. Now, we luckily, this got submitted by somebody else, so I could have my world podcast uh, hey. to rant. Um, this was from Baldy Pete. He said his hands in the ruck. He said, I'm sure you'll cover this anyway. Well, I was going to, but thank you very much, Baldy Pete, for giving us a chance to uh, cover this. He said, uh, Exeter's new strip is just taking the Michael. Yes. Um, now, for regular listeners of the podcast, we've covered this in hands in the ruck before. The Exeter Chiefs logo, not the name, um, because the name's fine. <laughs> you know, it's Chiefs. <laughs> Um, the um, the issue is the logo, and the fact it's a Native American First Nation uh, Indian representation. It's not it's not appropriate. It's cultural pro- appropriation. Um, they have no ties with Native American people or First Nations people of America. Um, the Washington Redskins aren't even the Washington Redskins anymore. You know, this is a a live issue and. They a number of Exeter fans, a large number of Exeter fans, want them to change the branding. Their suggestion is you do a Celtic chief, which I think is a good suggestion because it, yeah. it ties them with Cornwall. Um, so this week, Exeter released their third strip, which had two gigantic um, reproductions of the logo on the shirt. Yes. yes. So it's pretty much doubling down and and all through the other thing that obviously people were unhappy about the 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 fans have a chant called the tomahawk chop which is pretty insane at, at, at best insensitive <laughs> um and obviously there's no fans at exit games but exit her have insisted on carrying on piping that out any time there's a live game so they really are doubling down on it and that's a shame now we mentioned exit chiefs in passing in our last episode, I don't, we didn't really discuss it seriously, did we, John? No, I don't think so. No, just a passing it was, reference. It was no, it was. It was like literally just a. a we referred yeah. them as racist Exeter Chiefs, didn't we? Yeah, it was a very flippant comment in amongst a lot of other nonsense that we spoke. But you know, know, it was it was accurate. Nobody pulled us up on the cows chat, but no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or the, as Joe rightly points out in the comments, the the salmon fiddling. Uh, from yes. a couple of... <laughs> have you been touched by a salmon? <laughs> Which... <laughs> have you Which been affected? What? Have you been affected by any issues in tonight's podcast? We can give you the, <laughs> the line to call for uh, if, if yeah. you're uh, one if of you're a stranger. Salmon. Are you stranger a salmon that's pets. been uh, been interfered by an XMSP and head of social media? <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's right. That's where we'd went with that's it. That's the salmon uh, fiddler. Yeah, gift. yeah, it's coming back to me now. Yeah, but <laughs> back to the back to Exeter. The um, we 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 suddenly had a lot of comments in the on the blog uh, from people pulling us up on the fact we call them the racist Exeter Chiefs, um, saying it's not really racist. Um, 
And if you start to call it racist, then you 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 undermine the meaning of the word racism. Now, you know, grey is grey. There's dark greys, there's light greys, there's, you know, very bad racism and there's little bad racism. This probably sits towards the kind of like, it's still racism, but it's not as bad as really bad racism. It's still racism. It's still cultural uh, appropriation. And I think... Some of the comments, you know, were of the nature of, well, well nobody's complained from um, the, you know, nobody has, who's affected has complained. Uh, it's just one person in Bath. It's just somebody in Wales, some white woman in Wales complaining. And that's fundamentally not true. If you look online, there are plenty of people who are affected by the issue who who have spoken out about this. There are psychological studies done into the effect that cultural stereotyping um has had on Native American and First Nation communities in America. This is a very big issue. This isn't just, you know, something that somebody in a lot, a lot you know, a couple of woke podcasters are, are mourning on about every week. This is, you know, this is a real serious issue. And so I did ban, we did ban people from the, the comments this week because it, it, it was ill-informed, I think, some of the debate and a quick Google would have, would have solved it. So we don't mind informed debate within the comments. I'm not going to debate whether or not it's racism or not, because ultimately the blog's our platform and we'll use it how we want and we'll choose who posts on it and who doesn't. If you want to go and have that, go to Twitter, go to Facebook and they'll moderate you. But, you know, we'll, we're open to debate, but some debates are not debates, you know, and, you, and, and I'm not going to debate the rights and wrongs of a little bit of racism because it's still racism at the end of the day. It's not like we've made um it's not like we've made any secret of how we feel about this. It's not like it should be of any surprise to anyone that we feel um that it clearly is racist and whether it's a little bit racist or a little bit racist doesn't actually matter. It's racism. Um and it's insensitive, it's stupid, it's just in twenty twenty it's quite sad and sickening, really. And the fact that people try to defend it, um, again, you know, I, I think sometimes people just like to be controversial. They like to be, you know, it's the anti, anti-establishment or everybody thinks this is racist, so I'm going to think it's not, but it's just pathetic. Yes. I think that's a, yeah, that's, that's where we are with it. So, um, the um someone someone's asked, do you think they should ban the Simpsons impersonation of groundkeeper groundskeeper Willie? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's so there's there's stereotypes and there's a certain cultural insensitivity to it. Um, I think it comes down to whether are Scottish people offended by it. Is there a collective of Scottish people standing up and saying, do you know what, actually this really offends me and um, I think we shouldn't be portrayed like this? I, I don't think there is at the moment. Maybe sometime soon there will be. And if there is, then it seriously has to be talked about and considered. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for the moment, I don't believe there is a groundswell of opinion that we should ban Groundskeeper Willie. I'm happy to be corrected if that's the case. Yes, yeah, um, but it, it is you know it, it, like we said it's it's a it's a live real issue. There's a really yeah. good podcast if you anyone that listens to the Blood and Mud podcast, and if you don't do go and look this episode. Um, out, uh, Lee interviewed 
uh, two women from the Iroquois Rugby uh, Project, which is based in Canada. And so they've used rugby as a way of, they take rugby out to First Nations communities in Canada. And um, they spoke very eloquently about the impact that, um, you know, the Exeter Chiefs decision had on them. They spoke about the fact that they had written to Exeter Chiefs and had not had a reply. Um, I think if, to be fair, I think if Exeter Chiefs had reached out to these communities and said, look, we've adopted this uh, for, for what are good reasons. And I think that, you know, they probably did have good reasons at the start. If they reached out to those communities and said, we've adopted this for good reasons, we, we now realize that maybe it's a bit insensitive, but what we'd like to do is to keep it and to help you and maybe have ties with you or something. Yeah. That could be that could be a way around it, you know, with with permission, we'd like to do this and we'd like to support what you're doing in return. That would probably be okay, I think. Yeah, it would be it would be more okay. Yeah. It would be more more okay than it than more it is. okay than, than the, it is. What, one comment we had is well, you know, are we calling for Sam Skinner, Johnny Gray and Stuart Hogg to be banned from the Scotland team? It's difficult. That one, I think. I don't think there's a straightforward answer to it. It it puts us in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. Um, but I think they're equally in an uncomfortable position in that this is their employers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. It comes back to um, we all have choice when it comes to who employs us, and we all have the ability to uh, screen our employer based on their morals or their of lack of. Um, and we have all worked for companies who have maybe not had quite as good morals. I particularly have a couple of good ones in my back catalogue. Uh, for, for further details, see my published works. Um, but I also have a couple of good companies in my, you know, uh, and it's, it's a case of, you know, you can choose. You can choose who you work for, and obviously, when you're working for them, it's more difficult to come out and criticise them. But if if your choice of employer uh, then impacts the brand of a subsequent partner of that employer, i.e., you are a representative of an employer who you then get chosen to do something else, then there's there is precedent for that to not fit into the brand of the partner organization and therefore it does become difficult i don't ever think scotland are going to go down that route but if it was a private sector organization with private sector values and and sort of you know you could see it happening you can you, mm. you see it in sort of branding all, all the kind of corporate branding nonsense that goes on you do see these things happening uh, there, there's an image to maintain and sadly the exeter um, image is or should be tarnished by what they've done. I think the, the interesting thing is going to be when the players are outside the bubble of X, because this, this really became a live issue, I think, in the light of the Black Lives Matter movement, that this people suddenly became aware of this and Exit Chiefs for Change, the fan group that are pushing for the change, kind of seized the opportunity really to try and and make it, um, you know, make bring it to the fore and really campaign for it. Yeah. I think now this is the first time you're going to have players outside of that setting and outside the yeah. control of Exeter's media. It'd be interesting, I think, to see whether the players now get asked about it in the international camps, because that yeah. will put pressure on Exeter. I think if, if you have Exeter players in the England camp and in the Scotland camp being asked about this issue, how do you feel about it? You know, yeah. 
this has been discussed while you've been away. How how did how did have you talked about it as a group? That's going to put real pressure on the club to then, you know, make the changes because they they, they don't have control over the players in those settings to kind of say no, we don't we don't want those questions asked. Yes, of them, and we don't know what internal discussions there are in Exeter with the players. Do you know. It doesn't look like anybody's gone the Sonny Bill Williams lens of taping up sponsors or anything yet. But... No, not yet. No, no, no. It's, it's funny actually when you think about Sonny Bill. It's 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 always it strikes me as so like at the time it wasn't. I didn't think. I thought it was interesting, but I didn't think all that much of it. But now, like just thinking about how big a statement that was and how you know. How, how brave that is in some ways, you know, to to speak out in that way. It was magnificent. And I know he get, he's got his critics for, you know, some of the things he's done earlier in his career, but by, by goodness, that's it's a bold, bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah. Um, what's your hands in the ruck while I um, so, bring up another one? No, no worries. I, I, I actually leads in quite nicely from the the chat about racism, um, or nicely is that the right term to use? I don't know. Let's go with it anyway. Um, so we we touched earlier on on the upcoming Scotland squad announcement, and we are going to have like um, like WP before them, like others before them. We are going to have some new South African-born players qualifying for Scotland and becoming Scotland internationals. And this has brought the usual knuckle-draggers to the fore and has brought them out with the, I just want Scots-born players. I just want people who drink iron brew all day and eat haggis and, you know, down with that sort of thing. It is ridiculous. Um, people need to really get over the idea. And I always, I always remember going back to the argument, and it's something I've always said about this. I think you've you've said it as well. Many others have said it. If someone chooses to move to another country, move their whole life, and we're not talking like, we're not talking moving from Glasgow to well, you're based based down south, Cami. We're not talking about moving from Berwick to Leeds. We're not talking about moving from Glasgow to Cardiff. We're talking about moving thousands of miles across the world. Okay, moving. You can't can't just take a transit van and take all your gear with you. It is a much bigger deal, and you're committing to move your whole life across the world to a new employer. You know, it's hard enough moving to a job in Glasgow from another job job in Glasgow, you might not like your boss. You might not like your work colleagues. It might not work out. You might then struggle to get another job. It's 10 times harder for a professional sportsman. So to take that risk and be part of a culture and commit to being in a country for three years, as it, as it is, that's the rules, and then to have the opportunity to represent that country who have invested in you, who have taken taken you in and uh, supported you. You know, Duhan van der Merwe was spoken at length about how if he didn't get an Edinburgh contract, he probably would have retired. He would have been lost to rugby. And for that, he's he's grateful. So it's just, 
like it's almost like we have we have this entitlement that we believe that because we were by some biological quirk born in a certain hospital in Greater Glasgow and Clyde that we are more blue thistle than someone who's chosen to move their family, move away from their friends, move away from their life and come over and create a new life for themselves. They are just as, as Scottish, mm. if not more so than us, okay? And I see the, the, the knuckle-dragon comments. They they are also racist. Um, they're xenophobic, they're racist, and they should be treated as such. It is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Pierce Schumann's a really good example of someone who's come in and absolutely from day one really yep. bought into living in Scotland and, and absorbing the culture. He's set up a business now. It's, yep. you know, he's, he's a very good example of someone who's come in and really tried to engage and settle straight away. And you know, WP Nell's talked about the fact he plays for his kids because his kids were born here, you know, so that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. these are big ties that, these are ties that bind people. And we've said, you know, it's not the, you know, it's not the 1800s. People move. Yes. People aren't just, you know, don't stay within the village they were always born in. People move, they cross borders, you know, people's, you know, and, you know, Sean Maitland's talking about the fact he's, you know, his, his granddad made Scotch pie, was a baker and made Scotch pies and, yeah. you know, in, in New Zealand and he used to stay up late at night watching, you know, his dad and his granddad watching games and stuff. And, you know, I, my, you know, my kids are both born in Leeds. You know, God, I could lose them to England any day. If, if the if the moment they get any influence at school, then I'm I'm. Lost. I've, I've got a, but, I've got a young nephew who was who's born born down uh, down south, and he's he's much the same. He's uh, playing rugby in one one of the academies now, and um, his dad's a, a very proud Scotsman um, who has we've talked at length about trying to encourage him to to kind of yeah. Get the blue on, but no, it's it's a, a England shirts, and that's fine. And you know, my, um, my kids love wearing the Scotland shirts at the minute. So they're, they're both, I think, just because they've not got any other choice. But they do, they enjoy <laughs> wearing them. Whether that's whether that continues, I don't know. But you know, they, they I think, you know, they, they un, although they live in England, they understand that's where they, where I'm from, and you know, my family's yeah. from, and that's nice. And that's, but at the same time, I feel at home in Leeds. As much as I feel at home in Berwick or Edinburgh and places I've lived before, it's not, you know, we're a, you know, we're, we're a global, a global, you know, society now. It's not, we're not just, borders aren't what they were. They're not, phys, there's no physical borders anymore. It's all paperwork and admin. Yeah. It actually made me think a wee bit as well, because I was think, thinking about this in the context of Mr. Uh, Valla. Colomo or uh, the, the lesser spotted jail uh, who has left Glasgow without without being cited um, <laughs> both in both the rugby sense and in the physical sense um, and it actually made me think I mean I was making a laugh and a joke about it last week and you know it's we do this but I've actually thought how it made me remember how hard it is to to move your life and we don't talk about that enough you know, we we mentioned obviously Pacific Islanders coming over and um, the different culture that we have in countries and stuff like that. But it's actually it's very difficult for all people to do this. And thinking about young guys, you know, guys coming over here. You know, obviously we've talked about the young South African schoolboys coming over to Scotland to to continue their education and um, develop their rugby education. How difficult that is. 
with, with even with support, that's incredibly difficult, and it won't work for everyone. And players, players, even professional players in their mid twenties, early thirties, will struggle in new environments. And um, I think we need to really start to remember that that it's not the players not choosing to come over, and not settle. Or, or not be part of the part of the setup, or not be part of the culture. There's lots of reasons why they wouldn't do. Um, but we should be really proud of those guys who do come over and who commit from day one. But there's uh, the point you made about Sean Maitland. Just to finish off, was you know obviously he talked about his Scottish roots and his Scottish heritage. People always criticise people like him who say they wanted to be an all-black first, and when they when they found out they couldn't be an all-black, they chose Scotland as a second choice. They still had to do all the things, you know. They still Sean Maitland moved to Glasgow. He became part of the Scottish rugby setup. He still has to travel thousands of miles from New Zealand yeah. to come and be a Scottish rugby player. I think, the, yeah. I think the other thing as well is who amongst us would not choose to be an all-black before a Scottish rugby player if you had the option? Yes, exactly, exactly. And you know, you could argue, argue what you want about the South African boys, but they've all been, from day one, they've been clear that they were coming over here to come and represent Scotland. Yeah. Ollie Kebble said it, Schumann said it, uh, Van der Merwe said it, you know, Yako didn't say it, but we were all surprised, you know, we were too busy working out jingles for Yako to, to figure <laughs> out what was going on there. So I think I think the thing is with these guys as well, it's like, you know, uh, one of the criticisms, particularly the schoolboy rugby or even like a little bit, it's, well, what you know, it, it takes a chance away from somebody else. And I think the answer is, well, we, they need to get better. That's the bottom line here is yeah, if you, yeah. you know, if, if we're important better, players or players are coming over and qualifying on residency and they're getting in the team it's because they're better than they're playing better or they are better than what we have and that's the answer is if you want to be selected for scotland you have to be the best and that is going to include being better than people who qualify on residency you can't you're not it's not right that you should get ahead of somebody because of where you were born or whether your mother was born or whatever it's uh if you're good enough you're scottish enough and we've always said that um, exactly. It's back to um, back to the point we've made a number of times about professional sports is brutal, and yeah. people will get thrown on the scrap heap at a minute's notice, and that's a shame, and they need support with that. But that's the reality of it. Um, you know, it's one of, one of these things. Um, it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a touchy subject, isn't it? It's a, it's a strange it, it, one. It is, but if, I think if you're good enough, you're Scottish enough. There's a couple of people asking about the rule. You know, we, we could we could spend a long time on this, and we have in the past. And a couple of people asking whether residency rules should be changed, things like that. We'll we'll get into this again, no doubt, next week. Oh, when yeah. the squads are now <laughs> <laughs> next week. So we'll, yep, yep. we'll we'll revisit this next week in a bit more detail, I think. But that you know, the the bottom line is, if you're good enough, you're Scottish enough for us, and that's that's Fine, where we final point I would make on it, and a question to everyone who is criticising the idea of you know the. The saying, um, the, the those South African names don't sound Scottish enough, do they? If John Cooney, who recently was said that um, was approached by Scottish Rugby Union to come and play for Scotland, he's um, Joe Joe qualified, could have could have represented Scotland. Had John Cooney decided to represent Scotland, how many of you would be speaking up? Exactly, yeah. it's racist. Go away. Yeah. 
Um, on that note as well, this is in the race. Um, anybody who hasn't seen Ashton Hewitt, who plays for the Dragons, has been doing um, Black History Month and has written yeah. a... A really great piece for the Pro 14 website on uh, racism in rugby, his own experiences, some of the stuff that the Dragons have done after Black Lives Matter um, because it's Black History Month. So we're going to do our own little bit for that. So this is just to see us out. Um, What we're going to try and do is shine a light on um, a a black or minority ethnic um, um, player from Scottish rugby history. Um, Oh, we've got a problem on Twitch, John. I think Twitch have decided that we're well. We will remove ourselves. We're going to remove ourselves from Twitch momentarily. I um, think that's a good idea. Yeah, we had someone saying the. the I think there was a comment earlier on uh, with with someone suggesting ah, it's gone now. But uh, yes, spam. there was a there was and there was a have... Russian spam bot giving us giving us that's some problem. giving us some anyway, sass. So um, yeah, the um, what we're going to do is we like, so shine shine a light every week throughout October on a black minority ethnic player. And um, this week it's J G Robertson, who uh, was thought to be, and I've got um, the Scottish Sports History website to thank for this: the first black rugby player. Right. Okay. So um, he played for Royal High, um, and um, he wore played between eighteen seventy one and eighteen seventy five. He played forty six games for Royal High. Uh, who were one of the founders of Scottish Rugby Union. Um, he appeared in some team, we've got some team photos of him, um, but he's barely mentioned um, in, in Scottish sports history. Um, he is the son of Daniel Robertson, a Perthshire-born surgeon who'd gone to Gambia in 1834 and rose to become a colonial secretary. Uh, Daniel okay? Robertson devoted his entire working life to Gambia and spent 30 years there before retiring. There's no record of him marrying, and the assumption must be that he had a relationship with a Gambian woman, which produced two sons. James George Robertson was born 1854 in Bathurst, Gambia, and his younger brother, John, three years later. Sent to Scotland for his education, uh, boarded in Creef, and then eventually attended Madras College from 1866 to 70 at St Andrews. Uh, went to Edinburgh University and it's thought that's when he started playing rugby. He had a couple of trials for Scotland. I know that's on the um, Royal High website uh, and eventually settled down in um, down in England. Played for Darlington for a time as well as um, oh, Captain North Durham Club, which was based in Gateshead from 1879 to 1882. Played for Darlington, married uh, Emily in Newcastle in 1879, had three sons and a daughter. Um, and then after that, they ended up moving uh, down south. So that is uh, JG Robertson, the first black player to play rugby, thought to be anyway. To be, yep. Um, so we'll um, we'll we'll pick up another name next week. So um, if you want to know more about him, I'll pop the link in the uh, in the blog article post. Yep. yep. To go with Sounds this. Sounds really interesting. Um, if you've got anyone you want to nominate for Black History Month player that we're going to just feature at the end of every podcast and do let us know and we'll, we'll we'll hope to feature them we've got a wee list going yep. um so do let us know um for the meantime though john and i are going to shoot off and record a wee podcast extra for the patrons yep, yep. uh but for this week it's goodbye from me and goodbye from john bye everyone cheers <laughs>